0: Welcome to the Inquisitive Tourist. My name is Nate Ralph and thank you for joining me. Some of the best nights we can ever enjoy are with friends. Maybe they included music and a good dance. Live bands and DJs can make for some really memorable evenings. My guest today has been in the DJ scene for over a decade, DJing at multiple corporate events, weddings and other special occasions. The entertainment industry has been hit very hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, what about DJs and other music professionals? Have you ever wondered how they coped? Well, let's have a chat with my guest today. Her name is DJ Zelda from Miami, USA. DJ Zelda, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Nate. Thank you so much for having me on your show and your podcast. And it's going to be great talking about a little bit more about DJing and and my experience. So thank you so much.
0: I'm really excited uh, DJ Zelda to to have this conversation. So DJ Zelda, tell us a little bit about yourself first. What's your background? Where were you born and raised?
1: Very good question. I get asked this all the time. I usually say I'm Miamian because I was born and raised in Miami and my family is actually from Central America, from Nicaragua. But having been raised in Miami, you absorb so many of the different cultures here. So I do feel a little bit Cuban, a little bit Haitian, a little bit Puerto Rican. So the easiest way for me to say is I'm Miamian.
0: I love it. That's absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I've never, ever heard that description before, but that's uh, that's that's absolutely amazing. <laughs> love, love all the mixes going on as well in the yeah. way that you described yourself. So... What various um, jobs have you had up until now? Because obviously you've you, you get into, you've got into DJing, which we're obviously going to talk about. But what other jobs that have you had up until this point?
1: Yeah, so totally not related to DJing. I try to keep my other side, my secular side, kind of separate from DJing. And my background is in museums. So Uh I was in museums for over 10 years. Yeah, managing museums. And then I got into nonprofit organizations for a little while. And then recently I got into public education. So very different than DJing. (laughs) And sometimes I might be doing an event. And it's really funny because I might have someone that worked with me or a family or, or a parent of a student and like they'll recognize me. And I try to keep it as separate as possible. But because DJ Zelda is, is a public kind of entity, it's, sometimes you just can't avoid it. So it's, it's been kind of fun, though, uh, seeing the reaction of, of the different community members.
0: Okay, yeah. So that's really uh, awesome. It shows that you've had um, uh, a detailed background. Uh, and again, just like other guests that I've had already on the podcast, I've often said that it's nice when when we've had other experiences, you know. So even though you're in yes. DJing, it's nice that you've had other things in your background to make you the person that you are now. So obviously, kind of leading on to, to that, uh, what we've just said, is DJing um, a full time or or side gig for you right now?
1: It's been a side gig. And when I started, I was curious to see if I could make it. Because I would go to many events or even specifically weddings Mm. and it was the same experience back to back and it wasn't customized at all. So I said, I would like to try this and see where it takes me. So I took the risk, but over time, over the years, I didn't drop my, my careers. It was just a a side business.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's obviously the smart way of sort of testing the waters, uh, so Mm -hmm. to speak um so sort of segueing on from that how many events do you do currently per month
1: on average i would say about two events i feel comfortable uh doing two events per month it could be a corporate event or a wedding
0: okay and how much work actually sort of goes in behind that you know if you've got an event let's say tomorrow night is there sort of like several hours of work that has to go on behind the scenes
1: Right, very good. Yeah. So, what you see is like four hours, let's say for an event or a wedding, mm. but r- really goes into that is meetings ahead of the wedding, especially for a wedding. It's very demanding. Meeting with the bride and the groom, of course, it's pleasant, but there's a lot of planning and details to make it memorable. And then the setup, the breakdown after the event. So it's several hours and the same goes for a corporate event. But I would say the more demanding one would definitely be um, weddings. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really get to see that. You just see the event and I think you just or people might think it's just hit play and that's it. But there's more that goes into that.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you said that because, uh, (laughs) you know, two or three hours that you might be on the deck, it could be maybe three or four times that amount of uh, time that you've spent you know uh in in the background even even with the podcast that i'm doing it's you know you might see a one hour episode um but you might have to edit some uh some of the shows if it, you know there could have been a technical issue or difficulty and then you have to make mm-hmm. show notes and and you have to obviously research your guest and think research. about what we can yeah a lot of research goes on behind the scenes and so you know a one hour podcast could potentially be yeah it might just be three hours for example it might be 10 hours you know, not to mention all the wow. emails and trying to find the guests who, who are available and so on. And I guess it's not sort of too indifferent to, to what you're doing with with your DJ stuff.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And the, the not so pleasant part is the breakdown, the setting up and the breakdown. And so you really need to take your time with that. You invest so much in equipment. And I'm sure you can attest to that as well on your end that you want to make sure that you make it last as long as possible and so organization is key all of that takes time and care
0: yeah absolutely yeah (laughs) I suppose because you've been doing it for over a decade as well you've obviously got better and better at knowing uh, what equipment sort of is lasting and, and how best to look after it as well
1: yes definitely you learn tricks of the trade over time sometimes you learn um not not so easy way as well.
0: <laughs> Learning the expensive yeah. way. <laughs> yes. Now uh DJ Zelda, being obviously a female DJ, which we can obviously all hear from your from your lovely voice, um, there there are sort of a lot of stereotypes, if if I can say that, that you probably have to deal with. So maybe I'm making some assumptions there, but could you speak us through what it's like being a female DJ?
1: Thank you. So, I would say it is a challenge when you want others to take you seriously, especially when you have a business. And that is, that is, that's always how I've seen my entity, DJ Zelda, as a business first. And so sometimes I have seen people that might think it's a hobby mm. or friends maybe at the beginning. And that's one thing that it's it's not a hobby, it's a business. And also, when comparing yourself with other DJs, the majority, obviously, are males in the industry. Mm. And so, there is an assumption that maybe you're not up to par with the other DJs. So, of course, every DJ has their strengths and their weaknesses. But I think those two are the challenges that I've had over time to be taken seriously as an entrepreneur and that I know what I'm doing for X event, let's say. Over time, I've been able to pick at what kind of events I'm able to do or I'm really good at. So with time, I've I've been able to get a good, how can I say, reputation in -hmm. my community. Mm -hmm. And so word of mouth, is the highest compliment and in the beginning I thought that I had to do a lot of marketing and really I really didn't need that um so word of mouth has been has been really key
0: So do you feel that you've you've got now the respect um and the support of male DJs that you've come to meet over your over over the decade that you've been do- doing it for
1: Definitely I think at first glance appearances they they lie to you. Mm. Um, I was going to say it in Spanish, but I'm I'm trying Ah, to translate it in English.
0: Dígame en (laughs) español, por favor.
1: (laughs) Las apariencias engañan. So you see a young woman, you know, short, or I I tend to look really young. So uh, the expectation is you don't think that I'm a DJ or when you see me playing on the decks, you're kind of confused. I have gotten confused looks, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so... I'm sorry, what was, I, I, I forgot the, your question. I, I, yeah. I lost my line <laughs> No, <that. laughs> no worries.
0: It's, it's because you were thinking in, uh, in, in Spanish, I guess. But um, yeah. I was talking about basically, you know, how you managed to get the, um, the respect and support of male DJs that you've, you've come right.
1: across. Right, right. It has happened where I've been doing corporate events and I'll have another company there who are setting up a separate event or a separate room. And they're like, "Wow! Like, I can't believe this is you." Or, "I I need to have your contact information." Or, "How did you know about this music?" So that is um, that feels really great when you just surprise people. It is a shock. It's something that you don't see every day. So there is kind of like that little curve to to kind of get getting used to. But I have seen in this last year more female DJs. They they are coming out. They are there. And I just feel more comfortable now. It's it's That's been a good thing about the pandemic too.
0: Mm. So on that yeah. point, um, Zelda, have you managed to collaborate specifically with those other female DJs that you've come to meet?
1: Yes, that's actually been a nice um, the effect of the pandemic that I've branched out outside of my region. Mm. And I've been able to meet other DJs, other female DJs, Um, from around the world and been able to collaborate with them. It's been such a beautiful experience and we are a source of encouragement for each other, uh, support as well, moral support. We even have groups um, where we chat with each other. We share our events. We have done even a ladies night (laughs) where the theme, and that goes to show a little bit of the The unexpected or kind of like the idea of uh, people not expecting female DJs. At first, when we marketed this event that we had, Ladies' Night, most or or quite a few people thought that it was just ladies only.
2: Mm.
1: Even though we had our, our DJ names on there, we were about like six or seven of us. And we all played different genres. And it wasn't until sometime later where we all kept publicizing and everything that... It became clear that it was available to different kind of people, the event. But it was ladies night because it was an all-female DJ crew that night. So it just takes time. But I think that it's becoming more common. In the beginning, I feel like, wow, it was like, everyone was like so shocked. But now we are being considered as just a DJ. We are looked at as just a DJ. Now we... Have a big uh group support group, not just female djs but um, male djs as well mm. and we're always collaborating collaborating with each other every week, and we treat each other equally and it's it's been so nice because I've never experienced that before I've been alone pretty much working all these years. Mm. And now I've been able to meet so many network learn from each other. It's been a beautiful experience.
0: Do you know roughly what the ratio is currently of sort of female to male DJs? Have you got any sort of rough ballpark figure?
1: I would say maybe about in my experience, what I've seen, Mm, I would say about 10%. So it's not much, but they are coming out. And I feel like, In one experience, I have um, a friend. Shout out to DJ Concepts. Um, I didn't know that she was a DJ. And she had come to my events Mm. online. And then over some time, she mentioned that she DJed. And I wish I had met her earlier. She's amazing, so talented.
2: Mm.
1: And... um, there are have been other DJs that have come out more publicly. Maybe they have gone through a similar experience as I have. That I've been a I was a little bit hesitant to be so public because of the reaction of of people. But they are there, and also I've seen an increase of uh, female DJs that just they're starting and they want to try it out. So they're still learning, but uh i mean it's really nice to see that they feel comfortable enough that they can try it as well
0: and then obviously people like yourself can can give them that support because you're you're ahead yes. in the track that d j that you mentioned what was her name again
1: d j concepts
0: and and what country is she from
1: she's from the united states
0: okay yeah. as well that's that's pretty cool yeah it's nice that you've got a group going because like you said if if another sort of um uh, lady wants to get into the DJing scene and she can meet other people like yourself and your friends, it's going to give them sort of the moral support to know that they're not alone. And actually the profile of, of female DJs is, 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 you know, getting better and better. And like you said, within the scene, there's a lot of mutual respect between, you know, regardless of whether you are, uh, of what sex you are, you know, you're, d- you're just ultimately a DJ, you know, you're all doing yes. the same thing uh, and sharing your love of music and so on.
1: Definitely, and there's a feeling of support because we're all at different levels. We all have different uh, knowledge of different genres, and we're all willing to learn from each other. Mm, I like that. But also, uh, as a female DJ, you have to be really good. Let's say this is already. I'm talking about when you launch yourself as a as a business. If you put yourself out there to do a corporate event, you have to make sure that you're just as good or more. Because there is that bias or that idea that because you are a female, that you're probably not that good. <laughs> There's still that, that feeling out there. I still feel that. But the good thing is that the companies or groups or individuals that come up to me they have come up to me to hire me because they have heard a good reference or they've seen me somewhere.
0: You know what those are? I think sometimes it's good sort of being the, the underdog, so to speak, because then you can get on the decks and, you know, shaboom, you know what I mean? You, you can just surprise everyone and they're like, dang, where, where did this come from? You know, in a way it's nice to be the underdog.
1: Yes. Yes. And I'm, I'm still learning. I'm, I there's so much room to grow. There's other genres that I would like to explore. And that's what's really nice about having colleagues that they push you, they encourage you. There's a group of DJs, um, one-love DJs, and they're constantly uh, really pushing, they're pushing one another in the group to kind of try new new things, new genres. Every week we might have like a different workshop Uh, Someone might be teaching other DJs to scratch, for example. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to scratch. And so I just find it fascinating. And I've been open to kind of learning more about it. Who knows, maybe in the future, that might be something that I would like to take up. But um, I know my limits where I am, you know, what genres or what type of events I, I can do. But this whole pandemic has been nice because I've had the opportunity to feel comfortable and exploring other areas as well yeah. that I haven't done before.
0: Well, that's a, a good way of continuing professional development, you know, as, as they have in many professions, and you can have it in yeah. DJing as well. You, you were saying that, you know, this sort of um, demand or e- sort of added burden on you as a female to be good. So have you ever, on that note, have you ever sort of, um, I don't want to use the word or the term messed up, but what, what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you as a DJ?
1: Oh, yes, Nate. It, it it was so traumatic actually. Traumatic? That yes, it was very traumatic. I didn't think I could recover from it because like you said reputation is everything for me at least as a female DJ and you mess up one time and it could people could remember that and they can reference, "Oh, you're the DJ that, you know, messed up." So, um actually one time for a wedding it was a destination wedding and we had meetings and everything. The bride and groom were from other places and they gave me all the information. I already knew what to do. And I remember the the groom gave me a song. I don't know if you guys have the same tradition, but the groom dances with the mom at the wedding.
0: Yeah, sometimes. Dep- the, depends yeah. how emotional the boy is, I guess.
1: <laughs> well, um for Americans, it's like you have to have a groom and mother dance, and also no, no,
0: yeah, that's that's cute. the bride
1: and father. Yeah, so he gave me the name of the song; I never heard it before. And I said, "I'll download it in the morning." And so that was the biggest mistake. So I was in a rush, and I was downloading the song on the way over to the venue. And so I thought I had downloaded it completely. It seemed like it so. And then it came to the moment where I had to play the song, which was a beautiful, very slow, sentimental song, but I had never heard it before. It was was, was very specific to them. Mm -hmm. And instead of that song, it was a Barry White song that came (laughs) out. (laughs) And the look on everyone's face, Uh, it was just terrible. And it was, you're my first, you're my last, my everything.
0: Oh, my gosh. Flipping
1: Because that was the next song in queue. The song had it downloaded completely.
0: So it would play
1: for like five seconds, and then it would go to Barry White. Completely (laughs) different mood, different (laughs) lyrics. And it happened once, twice, three times. Three times? Yes. And then at that point, I just looked at the groom and I said, I'm sorry, can you guys dance to Barry White? (laughs) And (laughs) he was a good sport. He ended up dancing Barry White, that song with his mom, which is meant the song is for a man and a woman, not, you know, for for a mother. But it was so embarrassing. And I just said, you know what? Don't even don't even charge me. Um, I I wanted to disappear. I wanted to dig a hole and disappear.
0: It's a, it's a good thing that the song wasn't like shake that thing or something because like I don't know how he would have continued to <laughs> dance that with his mother.
1: Yes, it could have been worse. It could have. It definitely could have been worse.
0: Shake <laughs> that thing. So yeah, that, I, pff, yeah. Me.
1: That taught me a lesson to not to be too confident in yourself. Mm. And oh just prepare over prepare it doesn't hurt to over prepare what
0: what what were the audience uh what, what was their reaction when that because obviously he he was a good sport he took it but what <laughs> was there a lot of laughter were, were there sort of dropped jaws like what was going on
1: they were shocked there was some laughter by like by the time that they were dancing there was laughter and there was actually one person in the audience who is an actual dj so that made me feel even worse because I looked like I didn't know what I was doing. So, but I did eventually, you know, recover from that. It just, it, it's terrible when it, when it does happen, but it's bound to happen.
0: But, la- but later that night, <laughs> after all those um, things had, had had passed, were you still able to, you know, get the vibe going, get people, you know, all the guests on the dance floor and have a good time?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. They had a good time. And we're still friends. The nice thing about all these couples, they end up being really good contacts, really good friends, Uh, dear friends. Some of mine, we stay in touch over the years.
0: That's really nice. That's really, and it's at the end of the day, it's a funny story. You know, life is not perfect. (laughs) Life is never perfect. So, you know, if it happens on your wedding day, who cares? I mean, it doesn't ultimately. uh, It's just a funny story to tell, to be honest.
1: Yes, you have a story. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, for me, if that happened to me, it would just, especially where you know, shake that thing. Or shake, you know, I, I would be cracking up honestly. I mean, in the moment, I'd want to die as well, and I don't know how my mum would react to that, but it, it would ultimately these things happen and people would have a good life. Oh, do you remember the wedding? Yeah, yeah, this happened, and, and it's it's memorable, yeah. you know, it makes life Definitely.
1: memorable.
0: not everything has to be uh has to go perfectly, but changing direction a little bit now. Um, when the COVID 19 pandemic hit, did you assume? as your colleagues perhaps that it was the end of your DJing career for a couple of years or however long this this beast is gonna go on for
1: oh yes definitely I'm used to doing in-person events either corporate events or festivals in Miami we have many festivals art festivals and they I mean they're everywhere they're on all the neighborhoods and so I thought okay what's What's going to happen, I'm definitely not DJing for the next couple of weeks, then months. But then I started seeing other DJs DJing online. So I tried to do that, but it was totally, totally different, a huge learning curve. And also it didn't go so, so good at the beginning. And I almost wanted to give up.
0: Mm. So like when you at that point that you realized that you could hold virtual events and DJ over for example Zoom it was that one of the the softwares that you were using by the way
1: Yes the one that seemed the I would say the most easiest transition was Zoom you can invite a group of friends or you know you really could invite 500, 1,000 people, depending on the account that you have. Mm-hmm. And it seemed very engaging, like the platform could be very engaging. And I tried it one time, two times. The issue that I had where I thought, okay, this is it, I'm not going to continue, is that half of the people could hear me, but half of them couldn't hear me well. And it was because I had it set it up wrong completely I mean it was completely wrong. Instead of sharing sound the right way, I was letting the microphone pick up the sound. So the sound quality was terrible. And then I had people enjoying having a really good time. They could hear the music, but it wasn't really good quality. They were enjoying just it was it was nice because it was an opportunity to be together. There was nothing going on. This was at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. And they were meeting people, chatting and connecting, networking. It was nice. But the sound quality was terrible. And so I had a few people leave the event because they couldn't hear the sound. And they, I didn't they know actually how told to you fix that? it.
0: They told you that directly?
1: Yes. No. Yes. They said, you know, love you, but I I need to go. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I felt like giving up because all this was new. I didn't know what to do. But eventually I was able to, not under pressure, like on one of those nights that we were just hanging out, uh, I tested my sound Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and I learned how to do it the right way. And then someone mentioned that I DJ to someone and that person is a DJ, connected me to other DJs. And then we just started doing more international events together together not just locally, but also international events. And it was really nice because let me tell you, to do an event by yourself, the first two events were international. They were in the middle of the day for me because I was thinking of the friends, my friends abroad, some folks in Australia. And I was going two, three, four hours alone. It's very draining. And I was trying to interact with the guests and do spotlighting and all this and it was a lot i i was dead for like two three days afterwards but then <laughs> I once totally i got it. connected yes once i got connected to the other djs we took it as a team to do different events so like five six djs it's very different they're switching every hour every 45 minutes so you can kind of take a break yeah you know, re-energize yourself and keep going. Mm.
0: How how would you uh, re-energize yourself typically?
1: It's a very good question. If I'm at an event, I would say when I'm not playing music, I like to interact with the guests.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I like to dance myself as well. So that's also been a nice thing that I do like to dance. I wouldn't say I'm the best dancer, but when you're DJing all the time, you don't have that opportunity.
0: So even with your Latin background, your Latin roots, you're you're not the best dancer. <laughs> What's going right? on?
1: People think that you're born like you're, you're you coming come out, out of, the, of womb, the womb dancing Yeah, by you already know how to dance salsa. <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. Uh, but I have missed out on opportunities to practice because I'm on the DJ decks, you know, mixing and. I'll dance for a little bit, then I have to run back or I'm working. And so I did try taking um, salsa classes, so I'm okay. I won't step on your feet, me. But (laughs) (laughs) but, um, when I'm not DJing, I can enjoy other DJs. So there are a few. They're all great, but there are a few that I really look forward to. And I'm like, this is my time. And that's how I re-energize myself.
0: That's awesome. And these these DJs that you're that you look forward to specifically, are they all from the the states as well, or from other countries?
1: They are from the states, from Germany, from France, and they all bring a different energy, different different genres. So, um, I'm I'm always amazed at what they can put together. I say we are all putting together food, like we're all cooking something. And so it's like different spices, you know, so I really look forward to all of these different events.
0: Yeah. So getting back, uh, just sort of backtracking a little bit, a few minutes ago, you were talking about the the equipment setups and sharing the sound and so on. Getting back to that technicality, how does, um, I'm quite curious to know how a complex, you know, equipment setup occurs over Zoom. Is it much different from DJing in the traditional sense that we all know?
1: It's actually easier Nate. um that's one thing that when i go to a real live event i'm gonna miss because i just have to jump over to my desk connect my controller with a little cable connects to my desktop my headphones and that's it that's all i need but an actual event you need to bring all these cables um unload them unwrap them tape them Mm -hmm. that's like the that's the most tedious thing but you need to do it for safety um carrying speakers it's quite a workout so it is different
0: okay now you said you know you gave us this hilarious story about um the the song that happened at the uh, at the wedding but with <laughs> like because i know you do corporate events but have you yeah. ever had a corporate event that you've done online, you know, during this pandemic so far, where, for example, sharing the sound went wrong or some other weird technical issue. Has that, has that happened to you?
1: Yes. So it was around the same time towards the beginning of the pandemic. And it was this big event. It was pretty national. And um, it was my turn. All I had to do was play a few songs, like it wasn't even a lot. And I didn't have my setup right. And I had set up all this equipment, which I didn't need. It was so simple. But I remember when I played, when I did my my sound check,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was fine. They were like, okay, that's fine. But then when it was the actual event, they couldn't hear the music. The quality was not great. So eventually they just said, okay, just play one more song. And it was the songs that were the best were the ones that had a lot of bass. And I guess the microphone was picking up half nah. of the song. Let's yeah, say so. <laughs> so um, they just said, "No, you know what? Just, just, just um, fade it out." And I felt terrible. And I also felt I, 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 said, "You know, please don't accept payment." But they are actually regular client of mine. So they said, "Don't worry about it." So eventually, I hope that um, we can work again. Um, when we go back uh, they tried doing virtual events but it's not it's not the same also for them as well Mm. which is okay that's one thing that you realize that some things work some things don't work
0: so like is there just generally speaking a higher chance of technical issues happening over zoom uh, as opposed to when you dj in a traditional sense
1: i feel like djing in the traditional sense you're so used to um, you know how to do everything in the right order whereas with zoom there's updates or even the uh, some of the other outlets there could be updates and if you haven't updated maybe you're not heard as well there's all these little details when you are um the settings for example that you have to be they have to be on point <laughs> and they still happen sometimes at an event um one of the DJs the sound isn't coming out clear, so someone has to jump in. Right. Uh, so it, it's it is nice DJing from the comfort of your home, but you ha- also have to be on top of all of the different details.
0: Now, earlier you were saying that with you know at the beginning, what once this all started, you were finding ways of of sharing the music with up to what was it five hundred or a thousand people? Did you say that right? <laughs>
1: Right, you can go up to a thousand uh people on Zoom very is, easily. is that
0: a limit with even with a paid account on Zoom, or can it go higher?
1: It can go higher. um I believe it can go higher, but um the account that I've tried at one point was up to a thousand, and uh it's it's amazing because it's a peace of mind. You can have friends invite friends, and at the beginning. I only had a hundred, so that was a problem because it really it got over a hundred really easily, really yeah, pr- pretty quickly. Yeah,
0: that's cool though. Yeah. that you can just command mm-hmm. at least a hundred like without even blinking <laughs> an eye. But do, do you know what I'm amazed at, DJ Zelda, is that like you know some of your events have have got upward of 500 people from essentially all over the world. So what I want to know is how on earth do you manage to cater to the music tastes of such a diverse group simultaneously? Because you could have, you know, 50 people in Turkey and 48 people in Russia and 69 people in Greece and 78 people in France and 44 in the UK. And like, <laughs> seriously, each individual, even within a country, are known to have different tastes in music. Yes. So how on earth is that possible?
1: <laughs> well, one of the lessons that I learned was a wedding that I a co-DJ'd in, in Germany, actually, I was so surprised how many people loved Latin music, and they could dance it so well. And so never assume that someone with a certain background, they don't listen to other genres of music. And so keeping an open mind is key, and also trying to find knowing your music history or um, rhythms, right, how they can be tied together. There's, there's rhythms from Greece and Turkey that you can mix in very easily. And also with like uh, Latin reggaeton and some Greek music, it goes very nicely. So you just got to keep them dancing, picking rhythms that are just really good. Music is universal.
0: Did you, sorry, did and you just so, say, just to jump in there, sorry to, to interrupt, sure. but like, <laughs> did you just say that Greek music mixes well with uh, reggaeton?
1: Yes, definitely. Seriously, um, I've I've done it, and my other good friend has done it. They're very similar. There are songs that have very similar rhythms, and it's it's very nice to mix one into the other.
0: Okay, I can't yeah. wait to hear one of your mixes for that. I'm I'm <laughs> no seriously, I'm really excited.
1: And you just got to keep an open mind. There are some songs that maybe you think are overplayed. I don't want to say which songs, but um, if people like them, they're. Th- They're familiar with them. It's Romeo all Santos the right?
0: and aventura. Yeah? Is, is that what you're? Is that what you're thinking?
1: <laughs> no, no, <Okay. laughs> I'm, it's it's not that. But because
0: <laughs> I'm guilty I'm of that because I, I I love you know Romeo Santos and uh, aventura and all that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. okay, well it's not that anyway. That's cool.
1: No, <laughs> just keep an open mind. It's just like with a wedding or any other event. It's not about you. That's another thing you have to be careful with is not trusting your taste in music, not thinking that your taste in music is the best, because it's not, and it's very limited. The more you travel, the more you realize that, yeah. that there's just a limitless world yeah. out there. You just got to keep taking it in and being open.
0: Yeah, that, that actually <laughs> sort of comes to the heart of what the podcast is all about, really. How, you know, traveling opens your mind to new things. It makes you grow you know, personal growth is, is endless and, and yeah. one of the best ways of achieving that is through traveling and experiencing new cultures, their food, their music. And I think because you've got that that perception or that idea, obviously you've got a humility within yourself and that is a great quality because it keeps yourself open-minded. I guess if you've got a DJ who is very stubborn, like, no, I'm playing this no matter what, no matter what the crowd are feeling, then maybe it will flop, right? Because they can't adapt.
1: Right. Exactly. And so I've seen that happen. That's actually what got me started, what motivated me at a young age to try it out, because I knew that Miami wasn't just the same. um, Everyone is not just about salsa. There's more to Miami, even though I love salsa. Um, Shout out to all my salseros out there. (laughs) But we also have compa. We have uh, Brazilian music. We have different communities and... We want to make sure I, I wanted to make sure that I made that event special for them and their guests because when everyone's having a good time, that's what makes the event memorable.
0: You said Brazilian music called compa. Sorry, how's how that spelled?
1: Oh, no, no, uh, compa is Haitian music. Okay, yeah, K O M P A. So, um, I that's one of the genres that's my favorite, I would say, is one of my top awesome Favorite. i've okay, never actually yeah, heard of it so
0: after this uh, oh. podcast i'm gonna be i'm gonna be checking that out or or, or asking Definitely. you for some i'll send you some. Uh, yeah send me some lists
1: <laughs> and that's actually uh, the best gift that you can give a friend that is a dj is share music with them things that you like that that gets you dancing or i just found this you know beat or this latest song you know i have friends that will share things with me because they know that i really appreciate it
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i'll reach out to them too i have different contacts and i think our group also of dj's we've realized that it's so important to have friends all over the world mm-hmm. because what is popular here is not necessarily what's popular in other regions of the world
0: so on that point, uh, DJ Zelda, is it okay to leave your contact details in the show notes and perhaps maybe people that are listening to this, they they could feel free to contact you with maybe some of their favorite music from where they live.
1: Oh, I would love that.
0: <laughs> okay. So, that would be amazing. Yes. Yeah, so for anyone listening who who feels inclined, check the show notes. I'll, I'll leave DJ Zelda's uh, contact information. And if you're feeling up to it, you could always get into a, a dialogue with her. So yes. on that point, again, we've already spoken about this, but just sort of delving a little bit deeper on, you know, for example, the stubborn DJ who refuses to adapt versus the the one with a bit more humility. How do you or how does a good DJ go about feeling the crowd? Not in a traditional sense where we've all been in a crowded room and, you know, the, the DJ can clearly see if, the, you know, the reaction of the crowd, like if they're loving the song. And that, that, by the way, must be just an insane feeling. But over video conferencing, sort of such as Zoom, That must be such a different feeling. You know, there you are on probably on your own in your studio, just like I am right now. And you are right now. You know, we're 5000 miles apart. You're in your studio. I'm in mine. Yeah, we're having a great, engaging conversation. But ultimately, we're 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 not in the same room. So how much more so with music? How how can you feel the crowd over video conferencing? How can you feel the vibe? Yes, it's
1: definitely different and I would say that you have, you realize over time that you cannot have the same expectations as an in person event. Because let's be real, it's not the same thing. A party or an event over Zoom is not the same thing. I would say that the weddings that I've done over Zoom, which I've been so happy that I've been able to be a part of these celebrations because life moves on and we need to have some type of normalcy right uh, when it comes to wedding weddings everyone's excited and they want to make it memorable and all the guests um, they just give it their all right because they know that this is for the bride and groom and this is a memorable event so it's a little easier when it comes to weddings the hype is everyone's hype right um, however for other types of events you have to realize that some are just home and they're enjoying just vibing just, not working, just looking at others, um, they may be you know swaying or moving to the rhythm. Uh, others are dancing like they make it they decorate their room, they get all dressed up and they want to dance, especially the 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 serious dancers, right But you just have to look at uh, the screens, the the monitors and see are they moving to the to the music? are they smiling uh, their reaction? Most of the time, uh it works, <laughs> I would say.
0: So I've got a confession to make. I've I've actually tuned into, you know, over the last year a couple of your events, right? And <laughs> I I could only manage like maybe an hour or so, but I, I, I was keen to sort of join and see what was going on. Now
1: Was it that terrible?
0: <laughs> not at all not at all I, I was just in fact it was it was good because I, I was mad busy I remember specifically on one of the evenings but I still made the time to to tune in for an hour or so but all right, all my, right. my confession is that I'm not the type because of this you know sort of virtual uh, partying compared to an actual party at an actual party I you know I of course I love all sorts of things we can get into that a little bit if you like but You know, I'll I'll obviously dance at some point in the evening, you know, uh, most of the time anyway, Um, unless I'm in a particularly chatty mood and I just want to get in deep conversation and have a bite to eat, which can happen. But generally, if if the DJ is good and the music is on point, I'm going to dance at some point. Yeah, I'm just going to, even if I'm shattered. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know. My confession, I guess, is that I although I love it, I'm more the type of person, at least on a virtual event, to leave it on the you know the ipad whack it out on some loud speakers i might even be sitting there with a friend or two or someone in the family maybe um with a bit of food or maybe a takeaway like, i'm that type of guy that could just leave it on in the background check what's going on you know have a laugh at all the other people dancing in their living rooms <laughs> but like for me personally to actually get up in my living room especially if i'm on my own which by definition during a pandemic a lot of people are on on their own I don't know mm-hmm. I just can't bring myself to do that. Um <laughs> but it doesn't mean I'm not enjoying the music. Um I'm I'm bobbing along sort of like, you know, head up and down sort of thing and I'm proper feeling the vibe and I'm loving it and I'm just chilled. You know, it's almost like listening to music in the background but it's a live event. Um and yeah. so I've still loved it is what I'm trying to say. It's just that I'm not the, the guy that would actually get up and dance unless unless I had maybe, I don't know, several people with me and we were like, oh, come on, let's just do this for a laugh. Maybe I would, but that, that I haven't been in that situation yet, so.
1: Right, and that's okay. Everyone's different. We all have different personalities. Some of us, we feed off of other people's energy too. So that totally makes sense when you say that you would invite other friends and make it like a whole, a whole night, right? Um, I've seen people working on their house and they have the music in the background. But if they're there and it makes them happy, especially right now, I think that we reached our our goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Because obviously, I mean, compared to an actual real party or sort of like a traditional party, you know, I, I'm the kind of person I, I love the ambience, you know, nice lights, food stalls. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like meeting old friends, meeting new friends, um, having great conversations and dancing sort of all encompassing. And and of course, you get dressed up um, and it's hard to do all those things in your own house when you're on your own. Let's be honest. But you can still have a great time.
1: Right. And every culture is different. I'm glad that you mentioned um, a little bit of your experience back when we had like real lives and we were in person. Um, our culture down here in Miami is you know when when you have a get together or a party you need to have very good music from the beginning to the end it, it needs to be <laughs> i like to say fire music where people get to dance because that's our culture down here but there are other cultures that of what a good party or a good get together their meaning of that is totally different they just want to hang out and talk and have good music in the background so some of these things you have to keep in mind and uh, just be open, like I said, and and just look at the reaction. Their facial expressions say a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I suppose you can still check for that on Zoom, can't you, by flicking across and for those? Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: I like to check the, the cameras. I think more folks are becoming comfortable and, and being on camera. And also checking the the chat as well for feedback, which is I love feedback, good or bad. I I like to know what what's going on.
0: Actually, yeah, uh, it's just actually uh, come to me right now in this moment. But I, I remember one event. Um, this was a different event. Was it? Were you there? Maybe it was one of your events. I'm actually getting confused, but you tell me. <laughs> but I looked at the, the 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 breakout rooms that were live during the event, and they'd they'd labelled them. So one for you know Spanish. One it was Portuguese um i can't remember the other ones but the (laughs) one of them was toilet which and when i saw that i literally died laughing it was just ingenious (laughs) i just thought that is literally hilarious that someone has labeled (laughs) because obviously we all know the deal when you go to a house party it's just infamous isn't it like at some point in the night you need to take a pee right and you know you've been drinking with those martinis and whatever else and then there's like a queue of like 30 people men and women because it's not a pub or uh, you know uh a professional establishment is someone's home so like you've got men and women queuing for for the same toilet and then you end up having toilet <laughs> banter don't you you blatantly have toilet banter you you're having that yes. chat before you yeah and then and then some lady comes up and she's like oh you know and she's like doing her whole la- lady thing saying oh but and then you're like oh yeah just go before me and before you know it it's like midnight and well yeah you might uh, you're
1: still stuck there <laughs> yeah
0: yeah but I mean that's happened to me plenty of plenty of time you end up spending half your night outside the <laughs> toilet queuing for the toilet having conversations because you let all the ladies go in front of you
1: True, that's true. But that's nice. You can try to bring a little bit of that into these kind of virtual settings. And like, in fact, tomorrow, I have a a wedding in Switzerland. Really? And I was supposed to be there in person, a really good friend of mine, but um, the wedding had to be pushed back. And finally, it's going to be virtual. So they're having different lounge rooms, because there's guests from different countries, and they speak speak different languages. Mm. So they also um, sent the guests like what to prepare, like the food, so that we're all kind of like feeling like we're actually there. And we know it's not the same, but it's something, you know, at least you're going to mark that memorable event somehow.
0: I know this is a very spontaneous question, but, and I don't know if you can say, but are the couple both Swiss or are they from different backgrounds?
1: They're both Swiss, but the bride she grew up in Miami. She's all Miami. Okay. And I'm I'm claiming that I'm saying that she's pure Miami. <laughs> I mean, everything that she dances to, listens to um you can't you can take a girl out of Miami. You can't <laughs> take Miami out
0: of her. So she's she's not Hispanic. She is Swiss, but just born raised in Miami.
1: She was raised in Miami. Okay. and she went back to Switzerland and it was very important for her to bring that Miami flavor right into the party we had a pre-party and then out tomorrow's actual wedding and she had a very uh specific request she said could you make sure that you play uh compa which is the Haitian mm. music and she said, any compa, but just make sure that. And I said, I got you. I got you. That's <laughs> one of my favorite genres. So
0: Yeah, no, because that was
1: sweet. Yeah.
0: Th- that's basically where my question was heading, because, you know, what I was going to ask is, do you take into account where the bride is from, where the groom is from and where the country is, is hosted, you know, the, the, the host country is going to be. And also, like you said, the guests speak different languages. I mean, if they're, I mean, Switzerland, I think there's like four or five sort of commonly spoken languages there. So maybe a lot of the guests are uh, going to be tuning in from other countries as well. So do you take that into account in your sort of preparation You know, there could be guests from, like you said, I'm going to play a bit of compa. Oh, there's going to be the Miami people. There's going to be the Swiss people. So maybe a bit of this. And yeah, you you take that all into account.
1: definitely. All of that is key. And I might not, you know, include like five, six or seven compas, but maybe one or two good ones. And one of them, I might do a compa mix, which is probably I'll take like a popular song and then make it a compa song so people will know the lyrics they'll be familiar with the song but the rhythm is different
0: Got you. so yeah, yeah
1: yeah that's a nice way to to bring all the the cultures together
0: and like again going back to other events that you've done you said that you've you, you know a lot of these DJs that you're really passionate about their, their work so when you get to DJ with others that are maybe from different states within the US or even different countries and you're all bringing together your different strengths and, and your different styles. That must be exhilarating. That must be amazing.
1: Yes. At the beginning, for I'll give you an example. of Some of the DJs from that One Love crew, um, they're from Trinidad. So they were bringing their soca flavor. And what I thought was soca was very antiquated, like very... It wasn't modernized like for our times, and I hadn't listened to modern soca. I didn't know what it was, so when I heard them play, it just <laughs> blew my mind. I'm like, "What is this? How can I get a hold of this? I need more!" And I was just, I was just blown away. So over time, what happens with collaborating with each other is just natural. Our styles start changing. So um, they even make made a joke about it that I'm like, training now," but um because i love soca. <laughs> yeah, so do <laughs> and, i. Yeah, it's, mo- I love modern soca. Um and i wouldn't have been exposed to it had it not been for working with these collaborating with these DJs from other states because we don't have such a large community here. We have more of a Jamaican um community here in Miami and um it's just been a a, a wonderful blend of of cultures
0: i actually yeah. just uh an episode or two ago had someone on from trinidad and we spoke a little bit about the soca and you know how it happens at oh, carnival time. so best. it's nice yeah. how trinidad is featured again in in this episode yes. but the the other thing that i really really wanted to know which you did allude to earlier because you were talking about um you know how it was noon for you and you were trying to accommodate your you know the, the guests of the party but The time differences on Zoom, like if you're having, let's be real, if you're having an event with, (laughs) let's just say, like the max, a thousand people, isn't it super weird holding a party where some are dancing around in their living rooms at midnight and others are dancing in their living rooms at seven in the morning or lunchtime? Like that is super weird. Like what the heck?
1: (laughs) I was surprised too. One of the first events that I did. It was in the afternoon, our time, three p.m. It was evening time, sort of. Say like Europe, um, Germany, Greece, and all that. And there was someone tuning in from Japan, from Australia. <laughs> they were up and they were dressed up. I mean, they were there. They wanted to have a good time. I did not push them or ask them to come. They just, they just came. And so word of mouth. This is an opportunity to to get together, to have a good time, and perhaps what I've seen is that in some of the some of the regions, like I would say in the Pacific, um, I just had a friend who messaged me this week from Turkey. He moved to Turkey. He lives there. There's not a lot going on over there, activity-wise, and they're having a difficult time with the. Um, the lockdowns and you know being home so early and so they they really appreciate these events here in the states they they're becoming more frequent a lot of djs are doing events so I kind of have changed gears the last few months and kind of focus more on doing international events because I know that there is a need there and it's so satisfying when you get these messages thank you and all this love it just it means so much to to be able to bring a little smile bring a little bit of happiness into their lives
0: I feel like a lot of um, emotion w- within a lot of the things that you've said uh, in our conversation today and, and again just then and do you feel that this has changed you forever as, as, a, as both a person and a DJ like what I mean by that is when and it will happen when COVID-19 restrictions finally ease and life gets back to normal. Uh, and it will, guys. <laughs> it definitely will. <laughs> do you think the, the DJ world has changed forever? Maybe not just in your case, but in a case of many. Like, do you think that you're going to legitimately continue to host these online events, even, even if it's once in a while?
1: <laughs> I feel like we have been able to find a new audience, it's so beautiful to connect with people around the world. You may not always understand each other, speak each other's language, but music is universal. And I, I have never experienced something like this to be able to play live. And so, like I, I would have an outline, like kind of like an idea of where I'm going. But playing online for an international crowd, you kind of, it's more fluid. And I've come for all these years, I've been working in events where I knew what I was doing. I already had a plan. I already know my crowd, you know, my my audience, my community, whether it be a festival or if I was preparing for a wedding. It was all ready. But then now I've had to learn how to adapt, how to learn, how to receive critique uh how to explore new things new genres try new things and is it's such a valuable experience and I think it's going to keep it's going to keep going I definitely speaking from my personal experience I want to keep doing it probably not that frequent and when we go back to the normal obviously um we might not be have such a urgency I would say to meet in the same way but there would I I still see opportunities where where we could still do that probably less frequently but it's just amazing how can where else or how else would you be able to connect with friends or new people from around the world at the same time
0: yeah and you could even make maybe a a hybrid event where like you know before we might not have necessarily thought about (laughs) those things i know there's obviously youtube streams and things but it's Mm -hmm. quite a novel idea to tie people in over zoom where you can actually see them as well like with a youtube link you don't see the 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 guests but with with zoom you do don't you and you could maybe put them up on a big screen somehow and (laughs) this almost have like a hybrid event somehow
1: look at you have you ever thought about djing yourself
0: (laughs) uh do you know what i i haven't thought about it seriously but I who knows who knows it, it does appeal to me i mean i think it would be very cool but um it's just like anything it can be quite intimidating you know to sort of get all the equipment research it and yeah and then <laughs> the, it, you know what it's, it's the time commitment as well it's the time commitment of then thinking right i've got to spend x amount of hours a week on this to get good mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean if do you know what if i had someone like yourself to to show me the ropes and whatever i think it would make it a lot a lot more sort of a lot less daunting should I say yeah idea of getting into it because uh just uh, yeah I'm not the type of person that could just buy a couple of decks and whatever and just start doing it in my room I f- but I feel that if I was with someone like yourself and you're showing me the ropes and we get together once a week and we're like messing around yeah I feel like I yeah. could slowly get into that and then build confidence naturally and yeah uh, that, 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 that could definitely happen one day.
1: oh anytime I would say for me it was very intimidating a little rough start, but if you have friends that can guide you, you just have to have a good taste in music and have an open mind.
0: Well, Zelda, it's it's been a really fascinating insight, I think, into the world of uh entertaining uh people through the eyes of, of a DJ. And I feel like, you know, you've shared so much of your own experience with us, and I think many of us didn't even think it would be possible. Uh, to continue partying during a pandemic but you've shown us that many djs have simply adapted to those new circumstances
1: definitely the party the show must go on
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love that well thanks uh, so much for your time and uh, i've really enjoyed this this conversation
1: thank you nate it's been a pleasure and i hope to see or hear more about your listeners on
0: social media (laughs) absolutely i'll definitely have to to leave your details in in the show notes well my guest today was dj zelda from miami florida usa i think today's episode is testament to the human spirit and the human desire to enjoy themselves no matter what to enjoy sharing music together and the intense desire to party even amidst a global pandemic such as covid19 If anyone listening wanted to hire DJ Zelda for an online event, I'll leave her contact details in the show notes, so please do check them out. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please do share it with a family member or friend who you think would get something out of it. My name is Nate Ralph, and you've been listening to another episode of The Inquisitive Tourist.